Hey, it's Mark Striegel. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Rock podcast. I am recording in my new living room here in uh, Maplewood, New Jersey, the same town, but we moved literally like down the street and around the corner. And Joey, you're in Texas. Where exactly yes. in Texas are you? Uh, Joey Haney, Euless, everybody. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Eula specifically, it's a, it's a suburb of just smack dab in the middle between Dallas and Fort Worth. Okay. Dallas. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Which is, uh, you know, one of the uh, big hubbubs of someone we lost yesterday. We'll get into that in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, we're recording this the day after Dusty from ZZ Top died. We will talk about that. But why don't we, um, why don't, yeah, let's, let's start talking with everyone about everyone who's died. And I want to talk about concerts too. But, so let's, let's start there. I guess this started, I'm trying to think, is it, would we say with Gary Corbett? Is that the first of this batch of deaths? Uh, who knows? I can't even keep track at this point. There's about right. seven people. And then Gary, at, who of course played Keys for Cinderella, Kiss, wrote She Bop by Cindy Lauper and some other stuff. But then Jeff Labar dies, I think, within the same 24 hours, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it I mean, appeared that way, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I said this on, on social media. I don't know if you saw it, Gary, but Gary, I just called you Gary. Joey. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Joey, we saw Emily and I, my wife and I, saw Cinderella uh, 10 years ago, August 2011, uh, 2011. And on stage that night was Gary Corbett, Jeff Labar, and the three other guys. So, so within that 24 hours, two of those five guys that we saw on stage that night died. So I just thought that that was, was kind of crazy. And, and uh, I had met Gary Corbett back after he had played a gig with Kiss on the Crazy Nights tour back in 1987. Yeah. I posted that photo a picture was of that. Great. Yeah. I love that photo. Like, Post that as often as you can. It's it's one of the best photos. Uh, here, I don't mean to talk badly about anybody who died. I'm not going to talk badly about him, but he seemed yeah, kind yeah. of annoyed by us. We were like, oh, can we get your picture, your autograph? And and Bruce Kulick that night, we met him. Uh, and he, he was friendly, but not overly, you know, energetic. Of course, he had just played a... a an arena show, you know? Sure. Uh, and then we, we met Eric Carr, who was nice, but kind of guarded that night. And then we met Paul Stanley, who was like, yeah, come on, hang out with me, sit over here on the couch. And, and he was like the most <laughs> famous guy of, of everyone we met. And he was like inviting us for autographs and pictures and, and, you know, seemed so happy to see us. It was just, it was kind of, kind of uh, ironic. I remember asking Paul that night, where where where's Gene? It was like, oh, Gene's up in his hotel room doing doing you know what. And then <laughs> <laughs> Paul was was like doing a free meet and greet in the, in the lobby of the hotel he was staying at. So funny, That's funny cool. stuff. But Gary Corbett, what a talent and what a loss for sure. Jeff Labar, you know, uh, again, was cited as the reason that, that Cinderella hadn't been playing shows recently because i guess he embarrassed the cinderella guys on one of those cruises or something and and that, yeah that's what i read and uh this is years ago 
and okay. they just had had enough of him. And it's no secret. The guy liked the party pretty hard, heavily and hard and definitely had some uh, addiction problems through his life um, for sure. But I always seemed like a good hearted guy to me, at least from what I witnessed of him on social media. Yeah. I haven't heard anything bad said about him by fans at least. So, uh, you know, I guess it's one of those things huh, just catches up with you. I guess I know like, I was thinking about guys like Gary Moore and Jerry Rafferty and people like that. Right. You know, like it, it you know, it sounds like it's one of those things just right. kind of yep. lived a little bit extra hard. Yeah. Like, like guitar player pirating kind of thing, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And who else? Oh man. Um, well, I was, I was, I was actually really struck by the Bismarck he death that seemed to come out of nowhere. Right. I, I, I've been a fan of his since the late eighties. You know, okay. Know so tell me about the- Bismarck he, because I, I remember, you know, the, the hit you got, what was yeah. it? You got what I need. Is that what it was called? Yeah. And, yeah, just and a friend, just a friend waiting on a friend. Right. Which was kind of a funny song. Um, I don't know if it came before tone Loke, but it kind of had that same kind of goof goofy kind of vibe about it. I liked the song. I thought it was funny back in the day, but I had no idea that, you know, when he's died, people like Tom Morello and, and, you know, Chuck D and all these people posting, like the guy was, had done all this other stuff. So to the uneducated person, Joey, can you just tell us a little bit about what, what did he do besides that one hit single? Cause if you would have asked me, I would have been like, Oh, he's a, he's a one hit wonder, but apparently he did a lot, a lot more than that. Well, he, he had a lot of club hits before just a friend took off, but more importantly uh, you know, he had songs like the vapors and, and nobody beats the biz. And those were big, like 12 inch singles back, okay. you know, especially on the East coast and stuff like that, that, that scene. But after Dougie Fresh, Bismarck, he is actually considered one of the best, like, virtuoso beatboxers. Right. And that, when that was like a big deal, like he was one of those guys. Right. And uh, so the other interesting footnote of his Fat Boys, I remember they used yeah, to. Yeah, well, yeah, the human beatbox, Buffy, yeah. and he was amazing. Yeah. And that was a different kind of thing. Like, you know how, like, uh, Dougie Fresh would go with his mouth, you know, like, right. that was business style. And then, like, you know, doing beatbox is more bassy you know so that there was there's different genres of beatboxing which is a wild rabbit hole that i won't go down right now but uh, the interesting musical history note of bismarck he besides just a friend is right. the fact that the lawsuit that was filed against him over publishing by uh what was that guy that did alone again naturally was it gilbert o'sullivan was that his name i the that, guy that from the 70s. yeah another one hit wonder uh, basically, he filed a lawsuit against Ms. Marquis because he used a sample of, I believe it was Alone Again Naturally, his big hit. And since no one had ever sued a hip-hop artist for sampling without permission uh, and, and giving royalties, when Ms. Marquis was taken to court and he lost, that set the... Pre- if you ever wonder why like fun samples went away, kind of, in the early 90s, that's why. Uh, because the O'Sullivan versus Marquis lawsuit, basically. And it turned into, okay, if you're going to sample somebody, not only do you have to give credit, but they have to earn co-songwriting credits. And there was a whole thing set, which I understand that ruling, but there you go. Biz Marquis, uh, it was a sample that was unauthorized and everybody was doing it, but he's the one guy that got taken to court. It's like, if I got, uh, if me or you got 
put into court for playing licensed music on a podcast. It's like, well, everybody else is doing it. Like if you were the one that buried it, that's what happened to Biz. So there you go. Right. And we also lost, I was saying right and talking to you just there, but I had my mic on mute. So no one, no one but myself yeah. heard it. Um, but yeah, we also lost the great drummer, Joey Jordanson of Slipknot fame. And when you talk about Slipknot, I know Mac, Max Weinberg's son, I forgot his first name, has been playing with Slipknot for a while. And I saw Slipknot uh, probably back in 2018 or maybe even 19. I'm not sure. It was a great, great freaking show. I think it was 19 actually. But anyways, um, Slipknot is a band that, that still to this day can, you know, not to this day because it's, it's COVID and we're kind of coming out mm -hmm. of that, but they, they have no problem filling clubs and, and arenas to this day. And oh, Joey yeah. was, you know, out of all those guys on stage, he was one of the few you know, there was maybe like, I don't know how many people are in Slipknot, but you really only knew three or four of those guys who they actually were. And, you know, Clown and, and Corey and, and of course, Joey was one of them, uh, you know, and, and and he was just such a great drummer. And you listen to any of that early Slipknot stuff. I mean, the drums are such a prominent part of their sound. And of course, then he went on to do other things too, like murder dolls and stuff like yeah. that, where he was, yeah. uh, you know, out front, not playing drums. Correct, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I and I really like the murder dolls a lot. I actually like them more than Slipknot. But I, you know, it's out of all these people that died. The interesting thing is, I think Joey is probably the only guy that can claim that he played on like I think it was like three number one albums or something like that. Slipknot has like wow. three number one albums, which is. I think more than anybody on that list, you know, no disrespect, yeah. but that's people look at the people on a line lineup sheet there and like, Oh, the drummer from Slipknot. It's like, like I played on number one records though. So respect. Yeah. And was with that band since he was like 19 or something. I mean, I, I couldn't yeah. believe it. He's, he's like younger than me. He was like five, six years younger than I am. So just a, just a loss. And obviously I think when he was dismissed from Slipknot, a number of years back, everybody kind of scratched their head, but I had heard chatter that, oh, he's got, again, some, he lives hard. Let's just say that, you know, so, yeah. and Corey, of course, now sober, doesn't seem to want to tolerate that. And yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. At the end of the day, I always feel like, well, it's a business. And if whatever you're doing affects the business, then I get it. If it doesn't affect the business, then I, I, I don't know that I understand dismissal from the band. We lost another guy, another metal guy, Mike Howe of Metal Church, not the original, original singer, but he was there early on, then left and then came back. So again, just uh, terrible. 55 years old. I don't know. I don't really like what's going on. I mean, these guys, it's not even like these guys are in their 60s. They're like young. But yeah, a lot of deaths, yeah. man. And of course, yeah. let's talk about ZZ Top. Dusty Hill. Oh, man. Like, I mean, I, I, I can see just going online today, of course, the the how far this story spread. And I actually know a lot of like European guys that are big ZZ Top guys, and I love that. They have a fascination, as we do, with their side of things and then with our side of things on the other end. Uh, so, but I see a worldwide, you know, bunch of people that are mourning this as well so it's not just in texas but man it's it's hitting really hard down here i mean you know um right in their neck right. of the woods you know they're they made their 
claim for music right here in Dallas and in Houston in Texas and uh anybody who saw the Sam Dunn documentary like knows the yep, story they, they should definitely watch it I mean I, I have my critiques about his documentaries but as far as those early years like they, they do it so well uh and it's just uh it I, I you know I even said especially down here it feels like the end of an era but I think just in the you know further dialogue of just rock and roll history what a, a lot of people just say the main idea about ZZ Top love them or hate them you can't deny that this is one of the only bands you could think of where the first album lineup stayed together for 50 plus years and it never changed. And I'm going to get into something else here because it's like, I'm even hearing, I even saw some people send me links to stories last night. Billy Gibbons within 24 hours has said that they're going to continue. Right. And you know what this reminds me of, man? Uh, It reminds me of when John Entwistle of The Who died and the tour was booked and it was like they still went ahead with it. And as a Who fan, I thought it was a a little little weird. And, uh, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I get it on the one hand because there's millions of dollars to be made and that's not just all going into the remaining members of, you know, ZZ Top's pocket, Billy and, yeah. and Frank Beard. It's uh, paying tour managers. It's paying roadies. It's There's a lot of people who are depending on this, not to mention the, the venues. And so I, I, I sort of understand it, but on the, on the flip side, it's like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like if you're going to come back as ZZ Top, Take a take a moment. Take a beat. Yeah. Let's take a step back. Let's think see about how we're going to do this. Yeah. Like, let's think like about Steve. how we're going to do this and pay tribute to this guy. Uh, you know, I don't know what happened. Apparently, he left the tour a couple of weeks ago, right? And yeah, they did. As far as I know, they did one show over the weekend, and I guess his tech filled in for him. And everybody, because they were like, "Hey, you know, Dusty's feeling bad right now. He's in the hospital." But the time when the gig went down. Everybody's like, oh, you know, the, you know, get well soon. And right. everybody, it was kind of like of good times because the tech like wore a fake beard and everybody's like in on the joke. And apparently the gig came off pretty well. But that's not anything that should be long term. Uh, whether this guy gets the gig or not, I don't even know his name. But like I said, give it, you're absolutely right. Give it some time. I'm, we're so, this is like, these tops, like, you know, it's part of our family's DNA around yeah. here in Texas. Um, sure. My, yeah. And my wife, she, she has seen more ZZ top shows than me. It's the only band that she's seen more than me. And there's pictures on my wife's wall, like family portraits, you know, the ones that you get taken every year, like a family portrait where they're wearing their ZZ top concert shirt. So we're like, I don't care if Dusty's widow and everybody else in the world is okay with this it's it's wrong it just seems wrong like why can't this be the one thing where integrity prevails billy's already got his solo stuff in place he does solo tours solo shows frank seems to be living well you saw his house (laughs) um i I don't get it i just don't get it i i I, it's, it's cool to love playing music and to continue playing music live I would never begrudge anybody for continuing on as a live performer or artist after your partner dies, but there's ways to do it. Billy right. is already doing solo shows. It makes zero sense to me. It's like 
it, call it Z top. I mean, it's literally like, it, it's like, you can't have the two Z's without Frank and Dusty. And I yeah. would say if, if Frank, or sorry, excuse me, with Dusty and Billy, I would say if Frank had died, the band shouldn't have continued. And usually the drummers are so, you know, replaceable. I hate to say that, but, you know, we talked about Joey earlier, you know, didn't hurt their attendance none. Uh, right. But I would have been mad if Frank had been replaced at some point, even due to death or just bad health. It should always be those three guys. Right. I'm very emotional about this right now. It's right. Like, no, I hear you. I hear you. Fresh. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, uh, yeah, something that we could debate for, for a while. And I, listen, I, I'm, I'm not in, I'm not in the shoes of ZZ top and their management and all that, but just from where I'm sitting, it, it's just seems too soon, too soon. You got it. You got to <laughs> give it, give it a moment to register or a month or a year and figure out what you're going to do. And I would say more like a year, not a, not a month. Uh, anyways, you mentioned briefly, I do want to talk about concerts. It's a good segue into concerts. I, I, I by the way, first, are we miss, missing anybody who died? I don't know. I don't. God, I'm, I'm Oh, uh, the, what was it? The fiddle player from Kansas violin, whichever uh, part of the uh, country you're in fiddle or violin. I forget his name. I apologize. I'm not the biggest Kansas guy. Okay. Re- respect, but yeah, I remember he died. All right. Um, I th- God, the, the, I like I said. I think there's been about seven deaths. I'm sure we're missing somebody, but that's okay. The yeah. ZZ Top documentary that you mentioned earlier, uh, yeah, done done by Sam Dunn. Now yeah. Sam has a new show on. Uh, it's on Netflix. I don't know if, you, if you've seen it, Joey. It's called This Is Pop. I've heard about it because I've seen people post about it and it's on the queue. Yeah, it's good, I, I, man. For some reason, I didn't realize Sam had done it. That, that's a, yeah, that's it's it's a Sam Dunn uh, does the show along with his his team. And it's really well done. It's not like heavy viewing. They're 45 minute episodes and there's no, surprisingly, no metal in there. It is country goes pop. There's an episode about T-Pain and the auto tune, which is fascinating. And, and I thought really, really amazing episode, which I was like, well, I don't even think I want to watch this. I don't know much about sure. T-Pain. Uh, auto tune is blah, but I watched it and it was like, it was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Boys to men. There's an episode on them. There is an episode I haven't watched yet on, on festivals. So maybe they'll throw a little metal in there. Who knows? Brit pop, but the three episodes I've seen are really, really good. And uh, I highly recommend watching it. It's a casual watch. Like I said, it's not something that you get really like engrossed in. They're 40 to 45 minute episodes and a little bit fluffy. You know, it's pop, but they're, they're good. I think really fun watch. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I do recommend that. And Sam Dunn has done you know, the, the ZZ Top documentary, the Rush documentary, the Iron Alice Maiden, Cooper. Alice Cooper. Yeah, so many great things. So uh, this is definitely him taking away a step away from hard rock, as far as I can tell. In yeah. the Sure. And maybe that's why there's no episode like that in this series. And maybe in, if they do another kind of season, if you will, that it'll, maybe they'll go that route. Because there's tons of pop done rap in the world of hard rock and heavy metal just in the 80s alone but you also got outreaches like cheap trick and journey all the way to nirvana you know like it's it's all pop at the end of the day in that right. sense 
because it yeah. means popular, like the Kinks once said. You know, it's right. R&B, but it's pop because it's popular. Right on. And Netflix <laughs> has just massive budgets. So, of course, you get all the music. There, there isn't licensing issues or anything, and so, which always yeah. helps with these. So let's talk about your concert experience. But before I do, I got to just ask you. So Steely Dan is doing four nights right by my house. Four nights. Do I go? I mean, who is it going to be a no original members type of thing? Or is Donald Fagan still playing with them? I, I don't know. I'm thinking you don't like Steely Dan. See, I, I yeah. love Steely Dan. So would I, you know, I'm like on the fence. Well, should I go? But I'm so nervous nowadays. It's like you go see these bands like that. And it's like <laughs> a bunch of guys in their 30s. It's like, what? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't um, like that. I like to have even if it's just one guy like foreigner, for example, I've seen him twice. Yeah. And yeah, one time Mick Jones was with him and I was just like, this is weird. And the other time Mick Jones was there and I was like, everything's good, you know? So, yeah, I mean, Hey, I'm not going to begrudge you going to any show, especially if you're a fan of something. Cause I'm right. sure people question some of my attendances, but I'm not the guy to ask on this. I'm not a Stevie right. Dan guy. I like okay. dirty work. That's about it. Okay. So. All right. Well, fair enough. <laughs> So you don't know if Donald Fagan would be a part of that. I got to figure that out because that's yeah, a. I, I, I'm not going to spend money on tickets if he's not there, but it, it looks like he is from my, the initial research I was doing. So that's yeah. that. And I have my first kind of, you know, I saw Jordan Rudis of Dream Theater at another theater right by my house back in like early June. It was like a 300 seat theater. They only yeah. sold a hundred tickets. It was socially distanced. It was weird. It was just Jordan on stage. I enjoyed myself, but it definitely didn't feel normal by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um, yeah. My return to concerts, I may have mentioned this to you, I may not have, is the Eagles at Madison Square Garden on August 22nd, if it's not moved or canceled uh, because I'm starting to wonder about things at this yeah. at this point my hope is but, that things get under wraps here and back on the numbers start going the I right was, direction yeah. but i was talking to somebody at a store the other day and i just kind of said in passing i equally love and hate free will at this point in my life right because i want to have freedom and personal freedom some people don't know how to handle that and yeah. see where that gets us. So. Well, this is a vaccinated only concert. No one will be permitted without their little piece of paper. I don't know what, what okay. prevents you from taking, you know, yeah. your brother's paper. Uh, if you got to sure. show ID or how it's going to work. Uh, my friend start showing up with baseball cards. Like, yeah, like yeah. My, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know what your Vax cards look like down there, but we have in New Jersey here, these like official, vaccination cards oh yours is very oh. different yeah no i'm, I'm actually different. just holding up a download card for vinyl but oh, you, know, oh, you, oh. I, you can see me flash it though <laughs> okay. and i'd be like yeah that yeah, might get you ticket. in that might get you into the madison square garden actually but yeah 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 um my friend said <laughs> a badge. Uh, yeah yeah <laughs> my friend badge. yeah my friend went to see the foo fighters and he was like he was like yeah it was like they asked you for it but he was like it was kind of like pretty laxed, you know, um, going in there. And that was quote unquote vaccinated only too, which, you know, we're not going to, I don't want to get into a discussion on that, but I, I prefer that myself. Um, sure. but so anyways, you have actually been to a stadium show, which is a little bit different because it is, was it an opened stadium that, you know, or was it one of these dome stadiums? 
It was domed, so okay. it All right. feels so an indoor it feels, event. Yeah, it feels outdoor though because it's a baseball stadium. It's actually our new Texas Rangers baseball stadium in Arlington. First time I've been to it. But it's not uh, an outdoor stadium. It technically is enclosed. It, it's technically not, but it the the I will say the the good part about that is it's July. It's Texas. It's a hundred and five every day. So we were in this killer, well air conditioned venue. It felt like the top part was like open, even though right. it's not okay. uh, skies in the air. You can see it. It's clear. And uh, how, how so, is it? Okay. Let's start with attendance. How was attendance? Sure. About 45,000. Holy fuck. Really? It was, I, 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 that's great, man. I mean, I don't know if I should be happy or nervous <laughs> I know. or, or I was what the same but, way. I still am. I still am. I'm the same 45, way. 45,000 people. Yeah. Well, that's oh supposedly, and that might be baseball capacity. So let's, let's, if I dial it back, even from what that would be, as far as the stage cutoff, right. It could be between 35 and 40. Okay. Still people. right. But what it, I, it was what filled. Heard, there were a lot of no, freaking people there. Yeah. It was sold out. It was sold out legit. I looked all over that place on the floor, all the way up in the nosebleeds. There was somebody in every seat in that wow. place because, and you know, this is Texas and Florida. No one's checking cards outside. And I'm not happy about it, number one. But this is how it is here. You're going to live right. here. That's that's the way it is. And so, yeah, I rolled. The how dice. did you personally we, feel being there? You felt cool or were you wearing a mask or no mask? I, I, I wore a mask. Uh, and were you going, in a walking, small walking club in. doing that? Like were a lot yeah. of people wearing masks or no? Uh, very little. I yeah. mean, I did, which I get, I, I don't want to be at a freaking yeah. concert wearing yeah. a mask and I, you know, yeah. well, but, yeah. what I did, what I did was walking in as soon as you get to a certain point when you're outside, when you're getting there, there's a lot of people. So I masked up and then I did it on the way out when I was, when we were in our seats and the bands were on, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. Cause I figured, you know, I mean, 45,000 masks will help, but I finally got to that point where like me and my wife are double vaxxed. It is how it is. And you know, the numbers I'm seeing, the people that are still getting this thing, they are not vaccinated. And this right. is, I and people I, who are vaccinated who get it, you know, it's, it's like yeah. D Snyder said he had a, felt like he had a cold for two days, you know? So it's like, yeah, 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 exactly. And I, I know we keep bringing this up, but that's the way, when you talk about concerts now, that's just the part of the dialogue that we have to talk about it because it's it, this is real life. Uh, so it's part of the show. Uh, at no point was it ever like discussed on a video wall or by any of the bands. It's like it never happened. So it was right. neat. Wow. Wow. Although the only time real life got brought up is, I think it was Billy Joe from Green Day said, this was, this is the largest gathering of people in a year and a half, hands down. So yeah. that, that's including any Just sporting events or whatever. It's, that many people because it's not and he's talking nationally possibly globally yeah 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 and you were there wow so that's yeah. uh that's that get a big applause oh oh hell yeah i mean yeah. it's it's uh, we were very proud of this <laughs> and, and was the amount of people there do we think there was extra tickets sold because people are just so ready to rock or is it well it's green it's green day who 
you know, they're massive and Weezer were massive and it's, it's yeah. a big draw. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Was there a, so answer that. And then my other question is, was there a, an extra feeling of uh, extra cel- What's the word? Celebratory feeling going on there as this is the biggest concert to happen in a year and a half. Uh, yes. And yes, everybody was ready for a show. I have never heard that much consistent applause hooting and hollering at any show I've ever been to. And I've kind of seen them all at this point with very few exceptions. I've been to some stadium shows. I've been to some killer club shows where it's nuts to butts and everybody's going crazy. I've seen the pits. This was the loudest uh, and stadiums don't really have that rep so much for being loud. Sometimes it's a little hollow, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, but this thing, man, people were screaming at the top of their lungs. It wasn't annoying or anything because the music was so nice and loud and everything. It was just a perfect storm of feeling in that sense. At one point, I just kind of had to mentally let go and said, let's just enjoy this, man. Uh, and once I did that, you know, it felt better. Uh, mentally you know, let go of the fact that, okay, COVID isn't dead yet. It's still kind of yeah. like going on here. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish the scenario was different. It would be nice if this was any other country, it would be probably, but can't have everything. Uh, but I will say, you know, just getting into the music a little bit, I, I seen, you know, if I could brag a little bit, I saw Green Day back in the club days. They were still playing clubs all the way up to 96 or 97 because that's the last time I saw them when they were supporting Nimrod because they kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, you know, Dookie was huge and, and then, you know, and so they followed up with uh, Insomniac. But then they fought Ticketmaster. They did the Pearl Jam thing. They started to fight Ticketmaster and the Ticket Broker. So I think it kind of right. hurt their career. So they kind of went down mm-hmm. a little bit. Nimrod's good and it has one of their most successful songs ever. But at the time, they weren't really drawing. So I saw the tour early on and they were playing in clubs. They might have graduated again back to bigger places later. But playing in a big city like Dallas and playing in a club at that time, I was like, oh, cool. And then I remember saying, well, that's probably the last time I'm going to be able to see them in a club, which is correct for the most part. Unless you happen to catch that warm-up show they did in Oklahoma the night before my show. Uh, okay. In a, in a very small club, Kane's Ballroom, where the Sex Pistols once played. Very mm-hmm. small honky-tonk. So whoever got into that thing, I'm sure it was nuts. But uh, so after seeing a band in a club and seeing them play a stadium, the next time you see them, I was blown away. Because it's hard for me to wrap my head around like, okay, they can play arenas. I get that. Most big bands do. But to see this band that you once saw in a club play in a stadium is really neat. I've never had that opportunity to see that kind of graduation. Mm-hmm. And it's just really cool because they held it. They, they owned that stage. They had the people in the palm of their hands. So I think it was a cross between, yeah, this music's really good, but also people just wanted a damn show. And okay. man, halfway, halfway through that set, they launched into rock and roll all night. And I was thinking they were going to play two seconds of it, play the whole thing seeing that song being sung along to 40,000 people. I got chills. It was amazing. It was so good. It's, it's interesting because I will say it, you know, um, guns and roses are playing giant stadium, MetLife stadium here in New Jersey. Last time, a number of years back, I saw them there. The place was sold out 35, 40,000 people. They did two nights. They easily sold out the first night uh, came close to selling out the second night. This concert's happening like in 10 days or something. And mm. by the time you hear this, it's probably days away and there's a shitload of tickets available. And, and mm. so it makes me wonder, is this, 
Guns N' Roses suffering from overexposure. They've dropped tickets. You can get into the concert now for $30. They're selling, Ooh. yeah, $30. You going to that? I'm not going. No, I'm not going. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I just want my my concert back to be a real special. Con- I've seen Guns N' Roses about 20 times in the last like 15 years. So I, I'm, oh. for me, I don't have this overwhelming need to go see them again because again I've, I've just seen him so much um and i want I mean, my concert back to be really special i'm a massive fan of the eagles so i think yeah, that that okay. at madison square garden that's going to be I, a big deal for me but i don't know so, man i feel like i should be the devil on your shoulder here and be like dude you you've traveled to see guns and roses you're a fan yeah. like the fact that you have the chance to see him for 30 bucks in a stadium I hate that stadium though. Parking is <laughs> parking is $50. It, it takes two hours to get, it's like 10 miles from my house. It takes like two hours to get in and out of the place. It's like, Walk, I just, it's my 10 miles. Yeah. It's my, my least favorite venue, I must say. But, um, but having said that, um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I just uh, not going. Nope. Not going. Oh, uh, get yeah. an Uber and drink a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, not, not doing it. But, okay. um, <laughs> kiss tickets i was looking at kiss tickets in florida okay. yeah not really selling man not really selling yeah. tons of oh. seats available i'm thinking of going down and seeing kiss play florida and then two days later alice and ace play so it could be a fun weekend but I, I, i'm glad you brought up the kiss show because i actually wasn't going to this time but i'm glad you did do you know what what's going i mean i haven't heard like yes or no but doesn't it seem like I don't see David Lee Roth out anywhere. Like in the, as far as like, he's still posting his paintings. Like we're like in massive, massive lockdown. Right. And he's not promoting the kiss tour. And when he was on it initially before all this happened, he was just like, yeah, pictures every day. Right. That kind of stuff on tour. And it's almost kind of like, is he still on this tour? Cause I'm wondering if he's not, they're not announcing anything because it's going to hurt ticket sales, obviously. Right. I mean, that's a big factor in it. I know some people that are like, if Dave's not there, I'm not going. Uh, so have you heard anything? I, you know I have not heard anything. I have not no. heard anything. Yeah. So I, who, I don't want to spread any rumors, but uh, I really don't want to spread any rumors because we're, we're on some sort of format here. Right. But, When's uh, that tour right. supposed to start? I mean, it's soon, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. A few days. A few days from now, I think. And Paul Stanley's posting like, yeah, can't wait. We're almost right. there, you know, like, that's awesome. I don't see the same from Dave. And that almost concerns me. Like he's right. going to bow out. Is there, I'm sure there's some sort of out clause he does have, especially as an opener. And it's right. not advertised as a co-headline. So uh, technically the tour doesn't live and die by him. But I know a lot of the attendants kind of might, especially because yeah. it's such a special thing for him to be out there. He hasn't toured the states and since well since van halen but as a solo act i don't think he's towards in like over 15 years yeah well i so i don't know like i feel like kiss and guns and roses both at least in my area they've pre-covid were through here quite a number of times so i don't know if that's what's hurting it or initially i was like oh people aren't ready to get back to concerts but i'm starting to think maybe they are maybe they are well yeah i don't know I mean, I think, honestly, I think it might be kind of a law of the land thing, the mentality of what kind of state do you live in? You right. Know, like I said, Texas and Florida, they're all like, woo, all right, beaches and concerts. And I'm, I'm with you spiritually on that. <laughs> but, you know, 
East Coast, we we you know we see the East Coast and be like, okay, you guys seem to be taking it a little more seriously, which is totally cool. But you know, I, maybe that's maybe that's a lot of it. So the fact that a giant stadium is not doing good business and Texas Ranger Stadium down here, Globe Life Field, sorry, uh, is like selling out, like. And yeah, the bands are different, but at the same time, I know GNR, they were going to play this place. So and then now they're playing an arena over here. They're playing our basketball arena instead of our baseball field. Okay. So maybe there is something there to the GNR attendance because, you know, they, they didn't tour for a hundred years and now they're touring like cheap trick. Yeah. Like it's like, it's like almost overexposure for GNR. And yeah. as much as I, I love them, one of my favorite bands ever for sure. But it's like sure. it's the same freaking songs, just over and over and over again. There's no but for new three, album. three and a half hours. That's still yeah. an interesting novelty that they play that long yeah. still. Like, yeah. what was that? They, didn't they have a gig like overseas where Axel could only do like two, two and a half hours, and they apologized for that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I dig that. I I haven't seen them since the Metallica Stadium tour in '92. Okay. Uh, so I I. I'm kind of inclined to go see him this time. But then again, once again, they're playing in arena. So it's going to be a little more intimate versus what they have been doing lately. So, right. Right. I don't know, but I think it'll do well. Hill, obviously. I mean, like I said, they're ready to rock down here. I mean, yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, cause worse. I know, I know like with kiss, like when kiss came through with the uh, end of the road tour in 2019, they played Madison square garden in New York city and it sold out one night you got to remember when they did the reunion tour in 96 they sold it out four oh. nights in five minutes but they sold out one night at madison square garden but right across the river in newark new jersey over right by where i live here the tickets really ahead of time weren't selling like hotcakes and there were tons of good seats still available like two weeks out and then miraculously, like right before the show, they, they really sold, they dropped ticket prices and they really filled that place. And when I got there and looked around, I was like, wow, not quite as packed as Madison Square Garden was, but it was very full. And, and that's, that's one thing about Kiss. I feel like they, some of their shows, they tend to pull people in at the last minute. So I don't know. Yeah, but like... My perception of Kiss and the East Coast is you got to see them at the Garden. Like yeah. that's, oh yeah, that that was that's their mecca. That's most people's mecca. So I almost feel like they would do better for themselves if they almost blacked out New York and New Jersey just for Madison Square Garden. They, they would. Everybody yeah. wants everybody wants to see them there. It's yeah, including more. my neighbors. Like like I said, the, like Madison Square Garden was sold out. And the guy who lives across the street from me, who was a few years older than me, his first concert was Kiss in 1978. He was like, I was like, well, there's still tickets for Newark, you know, <laughs> four miles. Work. Yeah, four <laughs> miles from us. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. I, I, not, if I can't see him at the garden, I don't want to go. Yeah, yeah see, but, I'll yeah. tell you, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. the thing. Like, and, and good for Kiss as far as like, they still have that mentality. And you could look at their tour itinerary. They were playing like, I think, uh, it was like Odessa. There was like a really small town in Texas. They were playing Tyler. They still play there. You, no one's heard of these cities unless you live there or near right. it, but they still do that. They play second and third rate markets. And that's awesome. That's how they made their name. And I love the fact that they've never turned their back on that mentality in a sense. It's like, yeah, they're not playing some of those places they played in 74, 75, but it's still there a little bit. And that's kind of cool. So the fact that they're, you know, 
big like Paul McCartney's not playing new work probably maybe I don't know maybe yeah he is, is. But you yeah. see what you see yeah. you see what I'm saying though like it's yeah. it's yeah. Everyone, they, they all play new work Paul played new work okay. Elton oh, John's right playing new work oh yeah. I saw I saw Paul McCartney in Bossier City Louisiana heard of it <laughs> no, no, no <laughs> see there you go so like yeah, yeah. that's cool that's cool though yeah. that means that they kind of get it, or at least they represent. Yeah, like Newark. Yeah. Like I hear what you're saying. Newark is definitely not a secondary market, in my opinion. Yeah. Trenton, New Jersey. That would be a, like I saw Ghost in Trenton. That was a Kiss has played Trenton once or twice throughout their career. That's like a secondary yeah. market. But but yeah, I hear I hear what you're saying. Um, but yeah, we probably should wrap it up. It sounds like concerts are back in Texas. Good good to hear. <laughs> yeah. I, I I am ready for them to be back in new york and new jersey too and to once again embrace live music and hopefully that's sooner than later i i, I really uh i mean the foo fighters had the one success really successful show at madison square garden sold out but besides that there hasn't really been a lot of chatter about any any shows so i'll be curious to see from a distance how this guns and roses thing does <laughs> Well, if it turns out that we did the wrong thing last week, then I hope you had a guest home over right. there in uh, Maplewood because I might be hitting you up sooner than later. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We actually, we have a guest room in our new house. Our last house, we had three bedrooms, which was two boys and Emily and I. So we had no guests, guest rooms, but we actually have an official guest room in the new house. So nice. you and Nola are definitely uh, welcome to drop by for sure. All right. yeah, yeah. Dogs are going to take over that room in no time, I'm sure. No, they sleep in bed with us, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish they would. Yeah. I wish oh, they would. man. The pug just snores. I wake up at like oh. three in the morning and screaming at him. He's just, he's got to be right by my head. And you know, these pugs have breathing issues. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, the breathing issues. And they fart all the time. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He's not bad with the farting, but the snoring is, is outrageous. It's like yeah. crazy. But yeah. Yeah. What well, we put up for cute. I just got a kitten this week. So I get Oh, it, did you? So. Yeah. Cool. Very good. Very good. Uh, you yeah. lost a cat not that long ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. And now we have three. Talk about oh, wow. overcompensating. Yeah. So, I hear you. I yeah. hear you. The more the merrier. All right, Joey. Sure. What are we going to play to take us out? Well, it's summertime. I just saw a Weezer set, which was pretty cool. I like, if you haven't seen it yet, Rivers is. Completely embracing the '80s hard rock and metal yes. culture. And, yeah. Uh, probably ironically, but uh, the fact that he's committed, wearing the leather jacket and playing a, a Jackson with the upside down headstock, you have right. to see it to believe it. But yeah, let, let's let's play one. I guess let's let's just play one that everybody knows. But it's it's slightly deep. First album. It's summertime, so let's go with Surf Wax America. They played it that night. Oh so. yeah, great tune, man. Every song off that record, I love. Oh, it's a perfect album. Foaming like a bottle of beer The wave is coming but I ain't got no fear I'm waxing down to that Agoria Pass I'm waxing down because it's really a blast Don't turn because I don't like your face I'm bitten out because I hate Marines A rats are running on and on in the maze I'm going surfing, going surfing
never go home.